this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight It's Friday night. The kids are screaming. That means one thing and one thing only. It's podcast time. And it is our Halloween episode. Like actual, actual Halloween episode. We've never, as far as I know, the math would check out that we haven't ever had an episode go live on Halloween. And I've been overthinking it. Like, oh, what's the hell? I started with it should be the movie Halloween. I was like, everyone's seen Halloween. So then I kept thinking like, well, I guess we could do this. I guess... I, don't, I really want to do Halloween, but guess who hasn't seen Halloween? Joining me here today, I'll let you introduce yourself. Oh, well, okay, with the name and everything. All right. Yeah. I was like, wait, I have to remember my name. Yes. Hi, I'm Laurel <laughs> Hightower, and I someone's going to pull my horror card because no, I had not seen Halloween until this past week, and I didn't even—I don't think I even noticed that I hadn't seen it. Like you asked me, and I was like, wait. No. And I, and I kept wondering as I was watching it, like, am I going to remember this? No, had not seen it. Oh, uh, good. I was, yeah, because that would have been a bummer halfway through. You were like, oh, this <laughs> movie. Yeah, I know this movie. Yes, Laurel's back. Everyone remembers Laurel. And of course, joined me. You were the very first guest on the very first Are You Afraid of the Dark episode that we did. Author of, as we discussed, Whispers in the Dark and Crossroads. Both books five-starred by me. Long before we even talked for the first time. Thank you. I very much so, appreciate that. So no one can accuse me of just sucking up to the guests. <laughs> I'm not Jimmy Fallon. Not bringing people in and saying like, oh my God, Martin Lawrence, Big Mama's House 2 is the funniest movie I've ever seen. You can I'm go check that. Is it Jimmy Fallon? Who's the one who takes the candy away from the kids? Because that sucks. Is that Fallon or... Kimmel. Maybe it's uh, Jimmy Kimmel. I, oh, I think it was Kimmel. Yeah. Since we're close to Halloween, I just like to go on record as saying that's like really cruel and yeah. I am not amused. No, that's but. that's not even a prank. This is being an asshole. This yeah, is, because you're that, that talk about punching down. My God, yeah. they're small children. Like, oh, look, I tricked a toddler. I'm awesome. Yeah. I, I made a kid cry. Good for you. You're the devil. I don't make my kid cry 12 times a day just by existing. Yeah, exactly. The rest of, the rest <laughs> of us are doing everything they can to tiptoe through that minefield and get through the day as tear-free as possible. He says, well, two out of two of his kids are screaming <laughs> in the background. But there is, I mean, we all know the, the, the myriad interesting list of reasons why they're upset. And honestly, we can't control a lot of those. No. No, you know, this morning my child freaked out because she didn't know what mask she wanted to wear to school. Oh, that is upsetting, though. Yeah, I mean, there's so yeah, much I, pressure, you know. Exactly. Like, what if what if you what if the smiley face wasn't the right choice? What if plain purple was the right choice? And oh. you didn't know until you were already there. Yeah. Yeah. It's too late. Yeah, there's no going back at that point. Yeah. So I get it. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't already bought those books, stop stop being a fool 
Christmas is coming up. Halloween's still here. Just go to Amazon, think how many people do I need to buy gifts for? Click the plus that many times <laughs> in your cart and just get them both and then send them off. And then when your relatives read Crossroads and call you, it's <laughs> like, I loved it, but oh my God. You'd be like, that's right. Well, and if they're not horror fans, they're just, they're not going to start with, I loved it. They're going to be like, you sicko. Why <laughs> would you send me this? What did she just do to herself? <laughs> Yeah, I still refuse to reveal anything about that book. Everybody, go read it. Anything yeah, else you want to give? Anything else you want to give a shout out to? Um, yeah, I am currently working with Dark Dispatch and Sandra Rutten um, on uh, putting the finishing touches on an anthology called "The Dead Inside" um, that is uh, identity horror, and we have some just incredible stories for it. A lot of authors. I mean, we had over six hundred submissions in man, people just bled on the page. It was amazing. So I'm, I'm very, very excited to introduce that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we've going on. And I, I wish that I knew when it was coming out, but I suck. I am, I am the slacker in this group project. And Sandra always kindly tells me that I'm not, but it's true. I am. I think it's December. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, let me know. And I, I will update people on that episode to say, Hey, it's coming up. Okay, that, that sounds like a grand idea. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'm paying enough attention that I'll probably see it coming up too, but. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shout, put it, in the, put it in the notes. Awesome, thank you. And if I'm not mistaken, because there was a running thing on the last Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, but you were also in the We Are Wolves anthology, yes? Yes, yeah, I, I co-edited that one. Yeah, that was the first anthology I'd ever done any editing with. Um, I did that with Jim O'Moore and Cena Paleo. I uh, put that up with Burial Day Press and they were fantastic to work with. Um, really, really loved doing that. Um, and yeah, so I, I foolishly decided to do another one. I can't even say like anyone talked me into it. It was my idea. Like I did all, I did all of this and I'm like, why? Why? Is it one of those things where when you get distance from it, you only remember the good times and you're like, man, it really was good. But like, look at this thing we made. That was awesome. And then you dive back <laughs> in, you go, oh, right. Yeah, I think so. And again, I mean, I, I, I'm really not just saying it to be nice. Like Sandra has done so much of the heavy lifting on it, stuff that I wouldn't even begin to know how to do. And she's not like, gee, can you do X, Y, Z? She's like, I did these things. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Because I'm used to being the group project person that's like, all right, I'm ahead of time. Let's make everyone go. You know, you guys need to do your part. And this time I'm the slacker. I'll send her some chocolate. Yeah. And we give, you know, give, giving her a nice shout out here too, so. Yes, Sandra is awesome. Dark Dispatch is awesome. Read all of their things and buy all of them. Yes, do it. Make it a very literature-focused Christmas. We're all inside still, most of us, some of us. So get everybody everyone some books. Be reading more. Everyone should be reading more anyway. It's been the connection. All right. All right. So Halloween. Yes. Why did you avoid it this whole, why, why have you been ducking Halloween this whole time? it was intentional um i have never been like the biggest on slashers um i'm much more of like i love supernatural so so i was i was you know i feel like the big like big three for a long time was like freddie jason and michael and i liked freddie the best because i that was much more of like the supernatural so i I think i watched more of the nightmare on elm street um but yeah, I mean, honestly, even from the opening credits, well, and I had seen 
like a couple of the later Halloweens. I know I saw Halloween H2O and I'm pretty sure I saw like number five or some really random one um, that was okay. But I, yeah, when I, I'm like, honestly, even the opening credits on this, I was like, okay, this is like, this is an experience. I like this. I agree with a lot of actually, yeah, with what, because my history with Halloween is the same with us. I feel like I've talked about this one way back in the early, early days. Uh, the summer before high school, we used to rent the local place at two for four and then eventually went seven for seven for seven, which was seven movies, for seven days for seven bucks. That would and, be hard to pass by. <laughs> oh, it was so good. So we just made our way through every horror franchise on the planet. So we did the Fridays, we did the Nightmares, and we did the Halloweens. And the Halloweens always kind of stuck, struck me as the lesser of the three. Hmm. Um, I've always been kind of a Jason guy. And then Nightmare is also very good. And then the Halloweens, sure. I respect the Halloweens because of how insane the franchise is as it unfolds. Yeah. I, have you seen the depths of how crazy this thing gets as it goes on? Some of it. Yeah. Like it's been real sporadic. I feel like I saw like something silly, like five, like seven and H2O, or I, I don't even, I don't even know what the numbers are at time because at some point we stopped numbering them. Oh man. Can you indulge me for a second while I break down the insanity of the Halloween yes, series please. for you? Yes. All right. So Laurel, check this out. So you got one and then you got two. Two is a direct sequel to one. It even takes place the same day. Then you got three, which is when they were like, fuck Michael Myers. Let's tell a different story every time. And then people went, don't. And they went, we're sorry. Michael Myers is back now. In four, five, six. And then they did H2O, which ignores everything after two. And just is like, yeah. here's just the Jamie Lee Curtis story. Then there's Halloween Resurrection, which is still a direct continuation of H2O. Then we get Halloween, which is Rob Zombie's version of Halloween. It's bad. Then we get is Halloween. A, is that a remake? Was Rob Zombie's like a remake? It was. Yeah. Okay. It's huh. weird. He spends the first half showing Michael's origin. And then the last half is just, now let's just do Halloween again. Well, yeah. That sounds a little uneven. Yeah, it's it's weird. It, it, and, and then he did another one which is also not very good, but it's very original. So it makes up for what the first one lacks. And then a few years later, we once again get Halloween. So there's the third movie in the Halloween franchise called Halloween. This Halloween is a sequel to Halloween from the seventies, but it ignores Jamie Lee Curtis is back, but it ignores H2O. She's just back a different time. And that's the timeline we're in now is Halloween one happened, but nothing else. Wow. Okay. So, so the, what, what, what just came out? Halloween kills. Halloween kills. And where is that on the, on this, on this spider web of insanity? So that is the middle chapter of the new trilogy that started a couple years back with Halloween where ah. I, might be wrong about this, but I think it only acknowledges that the, for the the movie we're talking about happens, that even that Halloween 2 didn't happen. Wow. This yeah. is a this is a rabbit hole. Like I feel like I would need a spreadsheet. Oh, it's I it's a lot. Hmm. I, I I like I kind of I have to respect the audacity of them to just be like, let's just go again. 
It's like, let's bring Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis back, but which one? Uh, these six didn't happen. And also, we're just going to call it the same damn thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a we sequel. call it Halloween Returns? No, it's called Halloween again. Are you crazy? Look, it takes place on Halloween. What more do you want? Yeah. What are we going to call October 31st? Get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> my God, we need to remake Halloween and call it October 31st. <laughs> I would watch that just, just for the... Just for the rename on that, I would watch it. All right, write that down. Laurel, did you write that down? You didn't write that down. No. My well, look, my notepad is so full. I took oh, so many that, notes wow. about Halloween. Good for you. I did not take nearly that many because I got arrogant, was like, I remember this movie. Well, but there was so many like little things, like a lot of mine are like LOL at. Because like there's there's just a, I mean there were some really I thought there were some like really really amazing moments but there were also some that I was like giggling into my bourbon while I was watching it. <laughs> uh, I was drinking chocolate milk. While you I know was what? Watching it. That is not to be discounted. Chocolate milk is fucking amazing. Yep, chocolate milk. Now that I don't have to sound cool anymore when people ask what my favorite drink is, I just chocolate milk. If it was college, you have to be like, oh, whatever you got on tap. No, vodka. Yeah. No. No. Chocolate, no. chocolate milk and peanut butter toast. Those are the two best things. Nice. All right. I no longer do the plot summaries anymore because we're 170 episodes in and it's a lot. So Laurel, set it up for us. What's going right. on on this Hallow All Hallows Eve? That's not Halloween. Is it? Is it? Is that October yeah. 30th? No, that's uh what is that? Mischief night. I think it's all Hallows Eve. Yeah, 31st is all Hallows Eve. Okay. I like that we're like basically gonna have to Google this, but I'm pretty sure it's all Hallows Eve. Like, and then it just started being called Halloween. Let's just but, say um, it is. Yeah, Sam Hain, whatever. I don't know. Um, all right, so you're gonna do the, like the whole like summary. Thing? Yeah, yeah, just this high high level. What's up on on in Haddonfield? All right, so in, Haddon, in Haddonfield, back in what I think it's the '60s, like '66, something along those lines. That sounds right. There's a there's a murder on Halloween night. You've got Michael and his older sister at home and his, his sister's babysitting him and she has the audacity to have sex and and therefore clearly deserves murder at the hands of her small brother um sex and, got to get stabbed yeah i mean that's that's what you're giving up right there uh so yeah he he murders her he gets trucked off to some mental institute stays there 15 years and then and then busts out on halloween 15 years later, comes back to Haddonfield and wreaks all kinds of havoc. Yep. Eats a dog. Goes eats home, dog. eats a dog. As one does. That's As like one your does. first goal. Yep. You know, when you get out of prison, the first thing you want, dog. <laughs> What's your plan? It's like, oh, I'm going to go marry my gal and go to Vegas. You oh, go back home, eat a dog. <laughs> <laughs> just for, just so that when someone samples this out of context, I do not condone the murdering or eating of dogs. And we can also edit that out of context. And just, <laughs> just take that clip right out. Yeah. Yeah. That basically that's, I think that's probably also why I like Jason and Freddie better. Cause they don't kill dogs. Michael takes down two dogs in this movie. Yeah. And the one is like kind of on screen. Although I do appreciate that. It's not, it's, if one has to do something like that, I suppose it was as tasteful as it could be because you just see the dog's feet. Yeah, that's true. It's not, and I, do you, I don't, the one he eats, I don't even remember if you see it. I don't really. think so. 
So I don't think so. They're kind of, I mean, overall, it's not that violent of a movie, like in the grand scheme of things, like the death count's pretty low. And the gore is, is pretty low too. Yeah. Um, the, the most brutal death is probably the guy getting pinned to the wall with the knife and it's all shadowed. So you don't even actually see that much. Yeah. And I have to say like, that was a little bit appealing to me, not because I don't think that there's merit to like, I mean, you know, some, some of the goriest movies have been some of my favorite. I don't, I don't have like an objection to it, but I do think, I don't know, there was, and, and honestly, like I did have a note in here starting with it, with just the opening credits, like the simplicity of it. You've got this magnificent score. It's oh, really this, great, incredibly it's recognizable. So good. Like not even just the, like the main, like do, 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 but like every, like every piece of music in this movie is so good. Yes. And it's, it's great for like, I mean, I don't know, like I, I was kind of trying to picture how it would feel like seeing this in the theater you know, and like you're, you're in the dark and you've, you've got this, you know, a thrilling theme coming. You've got this like glowing jack-o'-lantern and this great score. And that's all you've got that plus just the credits going and that's all you see. But it's like just sitting there on my couch. Like I was like getting excited for it. And I was like, okay, I just, I like the simplicity of this. I like the, I don't know, just, just making it, I don't know, just, just building up the, building it up. I feel like. Yeah. It, let it, it captures the atmosphere very well. Like I've been watching a lot of eighties horror lately and a lot of the opening credits are white text on a black background. Mm-hmm. So it's neat to see like this one you get, they you know try to really capture like it's Halloween. Here's the pumpkin. Here's the, if I remember right, the text is orange. I could I be wrong so, about yeah. that. So, but even still like they really, they, they really try and set, you know, like you said, get you excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's effective. I like the scale back of it. I like the, I mean, I like that there wasn't like a huge amount of gore. Yeah. It makes the kills when they happen, I think much more effective because it isn't one of those, like we did a scream episode pretty recently and there was a mandate like, you know, oh, we're going a little too long. We need to off somebody. And I feel yeah. like a lot of slasher movies kind of have that, you know, every probably five or six pages of your, every five to six pages of your script, someone has to die. Like yeah. that, to keep it interesting but this no interest in that whatsoever so when those deaths actually happen it you know means a little something a little something more i mean tom and whatever but yeah but you're a bit of you're invested a little bit more and i and you know what's interesting i mean stuff happened it's like it's not like there was no action but i i was kind of noticing that the majority of the action happens in like the last i want to see like 27 to 25 minutes yeah that stuff really doesn't pick up until then, but it's not like nothing happens. There's all this, you know, you know that this is about to get really bad. Yeah. There's a lots of, lots of stalking. Yes. In, the, in yeah. the first hour, which I mean, it works because it's dude in a creepy Michael or William Shatner mask. It's oh, a William I forget. Shatner mask. I forget yeah. that that's a William Shatner mask. What was it? You know, I hadn't even thought of it because it's not like I'm a connoisseur, but I remember seeing somebody making some joke about how they couldn't get the eyes right in some of the remakes. And like, I saw a picture of where it's like, you see like the skin outside of it. And I'm like, Ooh, that is not effective. You're right. That really just like, kind of, I don't know, that kills the magic a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The mask changes a lot from movie to movie. Some of them, it just looks bad because it just looks like too clean 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't, can't think of a better way to explain it, but, and then, yeah, like just too much around the eyes like this, this one works great, I think. And especially yeah. because a lot of the time you see it, you don't really get a good look at it. Cause he's just off standing, like outside, uh, like across the street, outside of a house. And you just get these quick little glimpses of him, which reminds me of my like one of the best scenes of the the scary movie parody where it shows what a killer must do in those moments where the person sees him outside and then she looks back and he's gone and how once she looks back he must do this quick little <laughs> scurry to get out of the way it's like he must do that a lot in this movie <laughs> or he just like hits the deck just completely face plants to be like <laughs> just, out of out of sight just hits the deck yeah yeah, there, there's some two where it's in one shot. Like, uh, there's one, I forget, in one of the ha- scenes inside the house, it shows him, like, in the doorway, and then the camera pans a little yeah. bit, and then it can, pans back over, and he's gone. Yeah. And there's one that's, like, a fade-in of him, kind of. Like, I had to go back, because I was like, wait, did they just insert him there? Or And no, it had, like, just very gradually faded in behind her, and I was like, damn, that's effective. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that was just really, really well done. And it wasn't, it wasn't a cheat. You know what I mean? No, they don't punctuate it with, you know, it's one of those rewarding scares where if you see it, great. Like something happening in the background versus having a loud noise on the soundtrack tell you something scary just happened. Yes. Yeah. Here's your, like, here's your jump scare. Yeah. Here's how you're supposed to react right now. Like there's not really any of that in the movie. And when it does happen, and it's something I've grown to appreciate more and more is when a jump scare is a jump scare because something actually scary happened. Yes. And it's not just your friend grabbing you on the shoulder and being like, Rah! or a cat or a cat or like your car alarm goes off. Like, oh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Like the With, scares yeah. in this movie don't, I think there's like one or two. And I know for a fact, H, uh, the Halloween 20 years later, the H201 does, is horrible. For those, like, people just grabbing people by the shoulder, which no one ever does, but. No, and I'll have to say, so, like, this is a different movie, but along those lines of, like, these tropes and stuff, I really, I love The Dark and the Wicked. It's a great movie anyways, but, like, one of the best takeaways from that was they're talking about this, like, supernatural experience, and the brother goes, and I'm not imagining things because that don't happen. I'm like, could could we print that out? (laughs) And, like, every horror movie from now on has to acknowledge the truth of this statement. Because, yeah, like if I'm hanging out with people who their reaction to me when I say, dear God, there's just, you know, someone's dead or they're stalking or whatever. They're like, whatever, you're imagining things like, yes, I have an imagination for sure. But I also know how to distinguish. I don't tend to hallucinate. Yeah, I don't understand. That is one of the horror movie tropes that's always weird is you've been married to this person for 20 years or you've been friends with this person for 15 years. They have no history of, you know, an overactive, um, overactive imagination. Like, oh, there's a ghost. Like, oh, classic Laurel always saying there's ghosts. Like, if yeah. all of a sudden you came out <laughs> and said, like, I, I, there is someone outside in a creepy mask, I'd like to believe you wouldn't be blown off. Like, oh, shit. She doesn't normally say stuff like that. We should probably pay attention. Well, it's like, it was one of the notes that I made on here was something like, I clearly didn't fuck around with my friends enough because, like, First of all, it's like the chick calls her and is just like chewing. And that's creepy. If you don't say who you are, like, I'm sorry, that's creepy. Her, she has kind of crap friends. She has yeah. terrible friends, honestly. 
and, it, and it's um, it's a different time. Like I get that we're not talking. This isn't you know this isn't 2021. But again, it's like this whole like, hello, I am a female alone in my house, a young female, and uh, people know that I'm here by myself. And there's a creepy guy watching me, and he's been watching me all day. And your friends are like, oh my god, Laurie, whatever. <laughs> You know, and it's like, okay, well, you guys kind of deserve to die, honestly. He's probably just looking for a date. Yeah, it's all about that. Yeah. The, yeah, the chewing on the phone. Ugh. That whole scene. I mean, just gross. I'd hang up on them anyway. I don't give a fuck who called me. If you call me chewing, I'm going to hang up. Yeah, that's true in our new virtual age as well. In our new oh. Zoom, in our new Zoom age. <laughs> if you're unmuted and chewing, you get booted. There's no time, no time for that. Just get right out of your, you've been removed from the Zoom session. Maybe it is just us. Yeah, maybe we didn't have groups of friends that pranked each other. So when we do come and say, monster in the lake, they're like, oh, he would never lie about this. But because you know, if we were pranking each other, it's like, oh, another one of your monster in the lake pranks. That's a really bizarre, I mean, that's too, it's not like it's like, you know, like you mentioned, like, you know, you jump out at your friend, maybe like that's, that's some stuff I did with like my siblings. You know, you hide around a corner and you jump out and I'm fine. But I don't remember a whole lot of like, I'm going to do this really elaborate, you know, plan to convince everyone that there's a crazy man outside and then it's all going to be a joke. I don't really know how that's going to pan out. I don't know what the payoff is going to be, but by God, I'm going to stick to it. You're going to put it on TikTok and be like, look oh, at my prank videos. You're right. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have the face for pranks. It's probably an even bigger problem now, actually. <laughs> friends pranking friends. TikTok is going to lead to... All kinds of potential <laughs> horror movie disaster scenarios. Well, we've seen that they're like already TikTok challenging each other. I don't, do you, do you feel like these things are like, remember when we were kids and like, I don't know, adults would like freak out because you'd be like, my God, we've received word that, you know, fill in the blank, whatever ridiculous thing. The kids are all going to be, you know, whatever. And it was always the kids like. kids are reenacting Power Rangers on the playground. That was like the biggest controversy I remember when I was a kid. <laughs> They're pretending to fight each other as Power Rangers. I feel like they were always worried about like us ingesting a lot of things like as drugs that was really just something that like one moron kid did in like Minnesota one time. And then everyone thinks their kid is going to do it. But I don't know. Now it seems like, I guess, oh man, I'm going to be one of those with the internet these days, (laughs) these kids. Yeah, I don't know. That's a diatribe. I'll stop. But you're right. You're (laughs) right about it. We were talking the other day, my friends and I, about whether our parents checked our Halloween candy as a kid, and we were all pretty confident. Nope. Oh, God, no, my parents did. Oh, like, really? We, we were not allowed to consume or open a single thing. My parents would dump out our buckets every year and go through. And if it was, like, slightly unwrapped, you're gone. It was amazing how many Tootsie Rolls did not make the cut. Maybe I'm just misremembering because, yeah, in my head, they, I just kind of got home and they're like, okay, have at it. No, we never, like, I remember being older and trick-or-treating with my friends and, like, they would eat candy on the way. I was like, what is wrong with you? An adult yeah. has not yet checked your your candy. What, what, I mean, that's what just, are you doing? That's just weird anyway, but I was all about delayed gratification. My <laughs> Halloween candy. <laughs> like, I would me line too. it up and eat the crap first because I knew, like, oh, I, like, I want the good stuff waiting for me at the end. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, I always save the best thing for last. Now an adult, so it doesn't matter. Let's go buy eight Kit Kats right now if I wanted to. But that's right. I only eat the Reese cups. Reese cups. I found out something crazy today. That apparently in America, Reese cups are sold in packs of two. This is true. I don't know. I've never questioned it. I, I, 
I'm we not get sure three why. up here. It's interesting. What an it's like a strange difference. Like we have like king size packs that have four. Oh, we have those too. Yeah. We have jumbo ones too, in case we just can't get it. Like we even sell those in packs of two, but we made them bigger. So that's dangerous. Basically, a serving of Reese's Cups is however many I can fit in my face. Maybe that's it, is they just don't trust. They have a bit more faith in can- in Canadians that we're not just going to, you know. I don't know, because then, no, it's like we could, you could just buy two packs. No, I don't get it. I don't know, though. The faith in Canadians thing seems a little bit justified. I well, would yeah, not. It's not like we're eating two and saving the third for later. We're going to eat all three, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. There's no portion control. <laughs> So it's not it's not a matter of like we trust you guys to make good decisions. No, we don't. We eat all three. We don't but share them. It's probably to make up for those repulsive smarties. I don't understand that. But your repulsive smarties are our no. Repulsive your repulsive smarties. smarties. Our smarties are amazing. Well, okay, but and I'll, you I'll guys say, have the weird smarties. I despise candy coated chocolate. Like I think it's wretched. I hate M and M's. I hate Reese's Pieces. Like the quickest way to ruin chocolate is to put a candy coating on it. So I'll say that I'm not an unbiased Smarties opinion. The most controversial opinion we've ever had here. (laughs) I'm so mad now, Laurel. So mad. (laughs) Reese's Pieces, maybe, but the other two. I know. It's, yeah, no. I had a, uh, I once had a a breakup with a guy and um, my sister, like, just, I don't know, weirdly happened to be there at the time when he came back to, like, apologize and he brought me M&M's. And she was like, oh, my God, it's over. He doesn't love you. I was like, you're right. <laughs> like, <laughs> If he knew me at all, he would never bring me M&M's. Poor M&M's. That's the <laughs> second time that they've been trashed in his recent weeks on this show. So, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I still love you, M&M's. I went More to your you. museum in New York. Oh, God, there's a museum. Yeah, mostly it's just a bunch of M&M's you can eat. <laughs> Coming out of the walls. Big dispensers. Uh, Halloween. Yeah, the movie. The movie Halloween. You know what I like about this movie? And this is, you know, me sounding like the old dad that I am now. I like that all the teenagers in this movie are babysitting. <laughs> There's no party. There's no like, we're going to go to Steve's Halloween party or we're going to go out and drink in the graveyard. It's just, we all are going to babysit and be responsible and earn some money. Well, with respect to the responsibility thing, though, like I have a note on here that says I'm never getting a babysitter. Okay. Well, Lori's a good babysitter. Annie, not so much. And But how do you know whether you're going to get a Lori or an Annie? Do you check to make sure they have knitting with them? If they've got knitting, then you know that A, they have a weapon, and B, they're not going to be getting up to anything because they're knitting. Or is the knitting just a ruse? So we'll look at that and go, oh, they're going to knit. And then they just, you know, put the knitting aside and call their boyfriend. That's a possibility. See, this is why. I'll never know. Sebastian, yeah. Sebastian's never going to have a sitter. Maybe you ask them like, oh, I can't wait to see the end product of your knitting when I come home. So now what? <laughs> they got to craft something. <laughs> Like, because I'll know if there's no, you know, sleeve of a sweater <laughs> or whatever you can knit in four hours. I could crochet in a straight line and that's it. Yeah, see, I just something. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We haven't actually delved into the world of babysitters yet. 
for almost that exact reason. It's, I mean, it's terrifying. Like, well, I, so you're a dude, so I don't know that. Did you ever do any babysitting when you were younger? Um, my brother looked after like his friend's daughter and he just brought me along because she was about my age. So it was an easy way to just be like here. So basically <laughs> you guys entertain yourselves. Yeah. Like here you play with her and I'll earn money. Like, all right whatever yeah. i can pre- like i can play with barbies and pretend oh i hate this but really come on I, like when i was 12 i babysat these nine-year-old twins i do want to take a step back and look at those ages though like really at 12 you put me in charge of nine-year-old twins sure okay yeah hmm. but i was playing barbies with them and their parents like later they were like man we just you're a great babysitter because you really like play with them like you really take an interest i'm like that's Right. I played Barbies for them. It was definitely not because they had a dream house and I never did. Yeah. Oh man, that was tough. I, I certainly <laughs> didn't enjoy making up all of these elaborate stories. And... <laughs> but I mean, if you need me to come back and play with the Barbie house some more, I suppose I could. Yeah. Just make sure you pay me. Yes. It's all about the money. So I, I, I did like that. I don't know. That was just my weird little thing. Watching the movie is like, it was, and again, uh, maybe it's because of the the slasher movies I've been watching of late. Just, just people babysitting. And of course, you bring kids into it. So that always kind of ups the suspense because there's children about. But It does. But again, and I'm going to give a nod to this franchise at this point. I mean, I, I think it maybe goes bad in other movies. I can't remember now. But the kids, there's, there's no kid murdering. And I appreciate it. No, there is not. And I actually think the kids in this movie are pretty good. Like they're not like, you know, it's always kind of an iffy area with kid actors and kid characters in horror movies, but yeah, yeah. I thought these two did a pretty good job. I think they did too. And I liked, I really liked, you know, the whole like boogeyman aspect that the, you know, that, that the boy, like, you know, nobody was, a, you know, the juxtaposition of no one's listening to Laurie. And then when he's like the boogeyman's out there, she's like, there's no such thing. Shut up. And it's like, yeah. Okay, then. A little nicer than that, but still. Yeah, I mean, it's slightly nicer. Slightly, <laughs> slightly nicer. nicer, but yeah, pretty much still. Like, there's no such thing as the boogeyman. Yeah, there's no such thing as that guy standing outside of your house where no one, no one believed you. Where now, as horror movies have warped up us enough, I think that if our kids should be like, the boogeyman's outside. Oh fuck! Really? Where? <laughs> that guy. It's true. it's true. I don't know if I'm adult enough to parent in those circumstances. Because it's like, you know, if he's like, there's a ghost, I'm like, son of a bitch, let's get out of here. This <laughs> exactly. is horrible. I don't want to, I don't know what it's going to do. I'm out. Daddy, if it's just a joke, I am not taking any chances. <laughs> I've seen two outfits and we're staying in a hotel. <laughs> I already have two changes of underwear for you in my purse and some fruit snacks. We're just going to go. <laughs> it's in the ghost pack. <laughs> We've been ready for this. This is our bug out bag. Well, I, I did <laughs> something on here too, though. Like, so at the point where she's like hammering on the door, like begging Tommy to let her in, you know, cause she's locked herself out and, and there's all this tension. Cause he's like very slowly, like, you know, rubbing his eyes and coming down the stairs. I'm like, this is not artificially built tension because she's lucky he was like eight or nine. Cause I'm thinking like, if my kid who's like three and a half was coming down to save me, I'd have died well before he oh. made it down the stairs. Cause he'd have seen like a, like a dinosaur or a wash rag or something that he'd been looking <laughs> for for months. And suddenly that would be the most important thing in the world. And I'd just be dead. Oh, same. 
my four-year-old would just be like, my feet are tired. <laughs> and that'd be that. Yeah, man, that was another good. There's, I actually, because I hadn't seen this in a, in a while. I'd say this is probably my first watch in like seven years. But I actually kind of forgot just how many good little creepy sequences there are that don't rely on, like we were saying, the like, blah, scares. Like when Tom gets knifed to the wall, which is maybe, like there's a lot of iconic stuff in the movie, but I feel like the little Michael held head tilt after yes. he stabs the guy in the wall is right up near the top. Yeah. For things that people remember little moment but everything after that where he like puts on the bed sheet and just kind of stands yes. in the door frame wearing the, the glasses <laughs> which made me delightfully happy in a way because that's like in the head of Michael like oh this will be funny <laughs> like getting the glasses getting like just picturing him getting all of that ready off camera is weird I hadn't thought about that aspect of it because you do like given given what you know about his character which is kind of minimal you wouldn't expect him to have a sense of humor, but then you do have to wonder, it's like, okay, so is, is his point here to convince her that it's her boyfriend or is he just amusing himself? Does he, is he like, Oh, I remember people dress up for Halloween. I'm going to dress up, you know, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about his motivation before. I don't think he, yeah. I don't think he is a strategic advantage to him getting her to think that he's the boyfriend really. So I think it's just kind of for fun. That kind of makes me, that's like warms my heart a little bit. Michael is having fun on Halloween. Like, it reminds me, okay, have you ever seen Freddy vs. Jason? I don't think so. Okay, can I slightly spoil something? Oh, go right ahead. Freddy vs. Jason? Yeah. Okay, so there's a part where um, a father and son are like sitting outside and the son falls asleep. And when he wakes up, he looks over and the dad's there and the dad's like just kind of sitting still and he's like, Dad? dad and he shakes him and the dad's head falls off and then jason steps up to reveal like ah, i cut your dad's head off but i always found it funny that that means while the kid was sleeping jason cut the dad's head off and then went oh picked the <laughs> head back up put it on the body and then ran around the corner to watch and waited for the kid to wake up and do that and that always made me so happy to think that he could have just cut the head off and taken off but he was just like i'm gonna play i'm gonna play a little tiktok joke Oh, yeah. See, these are the things I need to be thinking about more often, is the off-screen stuff. Yeah. What are we not seeing? I know. That's so playful. That guy deserved to die, though, because he made that icky, he makes that icky joke about the girl. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. That the kid's going to join them. It's like, oh, oh. Yeah. I'll tear your clothes off, and then we'll tear her clothes off. Then we'll tear hers. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, that's not funny. No, that's, nope. Mm -mm. No. Mm-mm. But I mean, honestly, I guess it is probably the kind of thing that a tasteless teenage boy would say in 1970, whatever, early 80s, yeah. whatever that is. Motherfucker right. does deserve to get knife pinned to a wall. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. I don't I don't also, think anybody lost anything with him. No. And the girlfriend believes it's him for a little too long when he's standing in the door with the sheet, the glasses, and there's a good two minutes of like, well, are you gonna get me a beer or not? It's like I would get maybe five seconds in before I'm like, all right, this is clearly not actually you. So this sucks. I don't know, though. I think she has a little more excuse than almost anyone else. 
because he's wearing those glasses. Mm. As far as she knows, they're the only two people in the house and she has zero reason to suspect that anyone else would have gotten in there somehow. So I sort of get, and also like her boyfriend's a goof who makes pedophile jokes. So yeah, that's true too. And like those two are really, am I missing a fourth death? It's those two. And then the other friend in the car, Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Who dies with her it. eyes crossed, which was hysterical. <laughs> it's like, true. you know, she's just like, uh, you know, and does like a cartoon, like slide down the, yeah. the window, which honestly was a fitting end because she was incredibly unlikable. Yeah. She also has one of the, I don't know if it's improvised and I don't know why this always sticks out, but there's a part where when they're walking home from school and Jamie Lee Curtis is like, Oh, I forgot my French book or whatever. And then Annie goes on for about 30 seconds, but like, Oh, I always forget my science book and my art book and my French book and all my books really, but who really needs books? I mean, I don't need books. Did they just just let her go for a while? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. That's always struck me as like, why, why is this? It's when she's like distracted because then Michael drives by. I, I like that they don't the... explain how he can drive. Well, I don't, they actually kind of do like a little they, bit. A little they, bit. They say like, well, he can't drive. And Loomis says, well, he was doing a good job of it last night. Yeah. It's, it's a nice little like acknowledgement that people are going to ask how he can drive and just enough of an explanation because he's like, he was doing very well last night. Maybe somebody in here taught him. And there you go. I kind of love now, like, because because I've been writing for a while, I like seeing people go back and fix plot holes. I'm like, oh, good acknowledgement. I appreciate that you went back and made that effort. Yeah. And like, they don't have to sit down and give, you know, have someone at the hospital say, oh, here's how he knows how to drive. Like, it's, you know, it is enough to say, yeah, we get that. Yeah, we're not going to address it any further. It is, I mean, he's driving, so we already know this is a problem. Exactly. Like, what do you mean he can't drive? I just saw him. I I buy into your fiction. Well, if it's not a stick shift, it's really, you know, a little bit. Yeah. I can see that happening. Kids figure it out in kids' movies all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One works the pedals, one works the wheel. Yeah, they just figure it out. Cats and dogs can do it. All right, I'm sorry. I completely lost where we were. Um... The driving thing, I think we oh yes we covered yeah. most of what we were saying there. Yeah, it, you did make me think earlier when you were talking about uh, you know that Annie has that weird like thirty second bizarre like you know ad lib or whatever that it probably is more of like an attention you know a way to like misdirect your attention. I, I did kind of giggle because like so at the beginning you know Michael murders his sister who's weirdly like nakedly brushing her hair you know okay but. So then he murders her and then he comes downstairs and his parents show up. And I, I assume this just so that they could have like the dramatic pan out. But then you have, so you have like the mom and dad and they're like, Michael, you know, he's holding this bloody knife. Clearly something awful has happened. And they just have to hold the positions for so long. Like the mom just kind of like randomly puts her hands in her pockets. Like, I'll be darned. <laughs> you sure did murder someone while we were gone. You know, Son, I told you. We talked about this. I, I told you, John, it was you keeping those knives out. I knew this would happen. I told you taking them to knife class was not a good idea. <laughs> but it really, like, her putting her hands in the pockets was like, okay, that seems like a very relaxed uh, response to murder <laughs> from your small child, but... God damn it. The movie wasn't even that good. We could have just stayed home. <laughs> but then we might be dead. Ah, uh, fair point, fair point. That opening yeah. scene is very good. 
it is, but I, but I do, I kind of, I have to, yeah, I have to giggle at that, you know, that long pan out. I kind of want to go back and I did not notice the hands in pockets. So now I want to go back and watch Oh yeah. Just part. go back and watch like that first, like five minutes or whatever. It's kind of worth it for that. Cause then you also see like the, you know, the dad's got his hands like held out and they're kind of like, they started like shake. Cause he has to do it for so long. Is that a cut? John, is that a cut? <laughs> God, how John. long do I have to do this? It doesn't feel natural. Uh, oh, I was going to say about, uh, reminded me about uh, him learning to drive. I appreciate that when they, his escape is just, they show up and he has escaped. We don't it's, see it. There's no elaborate yeah. escape sequence. They just show up and the, the inmates are just kind of wandering around the yard. And I feel like that made it way creepier. It really did because it's like, you know, you come up and there's this inexplicable, but clearly ominous scene you've got all these people milling around. You're like, oh, that's definitely not supposed to be a thing. It's dark. Um, I did wonder why the nurse, when left alone in the car and saw somebody jump up on her roof, why she chose to roll down the window. That seems like a strange reaction. Yes, it was an interesting choice to make. Yeah, because I tend to try and get away from people climbing on top of my car, but, you know, I'm not her. But I did, I did overall think that was a very effective Scene. And I have to say, I think the guy who plays Dr. Loomis is a pretty effective actor. Donald Pleasance, yeah. His character gets pretty over the top <laughs> as this series goes <laughs> on. But uh, yeah, I think in this movie, when he's a little more chilled, I, I think it works fairly well. He's got his, like, the 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 Jaws-esque speech where he does the, like, you know, 15, I met this boy 15 years ago with these blank, lifeless, I can't do the whole speech, but and yeah, I like that, that that's is. all the backstory we get, really, is, and believe me, they try to course correct that later on. But I like that <laughs> the explanation we get here is just, that boy is evil. I like his commitment to that. I like his character's commitment to it. And the fact, because I noticed like several, first of all, I do have a note that, that I felt sorry for him because I feel like this man did his damnedest to make sure that this kid never gets out. And he's being sort of like, you know, criticized for that on the way like well you know he was only a kid or why are you going to drag him to the gills you know why are you bothering if you're not going to let him out and then he's given everybody every warning in the world and he's tried really hard and then everyone's like well why'd you let him out it's like but he obviously didn't he was like the only person committed to making sure this guy never got out everyone else bears at least a certain amount of responsibility but everyone keeps going well damn you for letting him out. It's like, yeah, it's a pen. And I just lifted the latch and, you know, run free Lassie or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I was on my way to ensure he had not escaped. This is not the, this is not what I wanted. No, it's and and I, one thing that I really liked with him is when he shows up, you know, to kind of like save the day a little bit at the end, he gives zero fucks about the kids. He gives zero fucks about Lori. He's not like, are you okay? Or kids get in the car or anything like that. He's just like, I'm after him. I'm going to shoot this motherfucker. And then I'm going to yeah. go to see if he's dead instead of checking to see if you're okay. I'm like, I like that. I liked that commitment to the character. I thought that that was very in keeping with how he would be. He's single-minded and he needs he, to be. Exactly. Yeah. He's got a very singular goal. Everything around him is, you know, it's a side note. Why on earth everyone, I, I don't know. I feel like this is probably one of these, like, because the script says so. But why everyone's like, what? You're crazy that this completely psychotic guy who killed the last time he was here and who clearly showed up and dug up his sister's headstone would come back here. And even if he did, come on. 
this is a small town with no crime, which clearly we can extrapolate from that, that there will never be any crime and no one can commit any murder. You're silly. That is a very weird, common small town sheriff argument. Like we haven't had a murder here in 15 years. Like, okay. <laughs> but, but, but that like, was the one by this guy, right? Yeah, but like, yeah, exactly. Like you remember who did that, right? And also that doesn't mean that clean slate in year 16 as well. Like you had a good run. <laughs> well done. We have had 15 years without a knife murder. You're going to have like, to change the sign tomorrow. We had a lot of years without a pandemic. Uh-oh. Like, <laughs> things change. It's true. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it is kind of what you said about the script calls for it, but there is a weird, it, it would probably be the most logical conclusion. Like, hey, this guy who has been locked up in an asylum since he lived in this house just broke out. Where else is he going to go? Obviously not here. No, that's crazy. Here. I do also like to think that he had to stop somewhere and get a map. You would, I mean, yeah, because I was like, some of these things I was thinking, like, God, life was harder back then in a lot of ways. Remember you, maps? I do. I do. And I remember them being very um, sort of intimidating. Like, if you made a wrong turn back then, did you just pull over to the side of the road and cry? Because I feel like that's what I would have done. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I did that as a teenager when I was learning to drive. Like, I don't know. Interstates really terrified me. And I lived in a city where you accessed everything via interstate. And I got off on the wrong exit one time and ended up in like a terrible part of town. And I'm like, this was like before cell phones were like really, you know, all over the place. And I was just like, yep, well, I guess I'm going to die here yep. because what are you going to do? This is, this is it. Yep. It's like, That's it's the only option now. <laughs> and it's, I mean, side note, I have always said that. And I still, meh. the only thing that's not true about it anymore is like, I couldn't completely give up and die because I have a kid to take care of now. But, like, most of the time, for most of my life, like, looking at horror movies and survival situations, I'm like, oh, my God, I would give up so early. Because you're going to oh, be tired so you, anyway. You do that, too, where you watch oh, a horror God, movie yeah. and you peg the exact moment where you're like, that's it for me right there. Yeah, it's, like, probably, like, within the opening credits for the most part. You know, like, especially, like, the apocalyptic scenarios. I'm just like, oh, my God, this makes me tired just watching it. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm the guy who falls in the pit as the earth opens up in the opening scene of a disaster movie. <laughs> I might be the person who like throws myself in because I see how bad it's going to get. I look around, see like, oh, this is planet wide. Bye. Yeah, like... I'm not dealing with this. Good luck, Whoever... John Cusack. <laughs> Whoever's left, have fun. I am not that person. I have no interest in a second ice age. <laughs> Good day to you all. It's like any scene in a movie where they have to swim to get some, you know, away from it. Like, oh, oh my me. Jesus. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's still like, so is that like a phobia? Do you have like that phobia of like being in water? Yep. Have you attempted to do it like as an adult or are you just like aware that that's a limitation you don't bother? I'm trying to think of the, I mean, I can, I can go in like a pool, but yeah, I you're mean, not going to get me in the, you're not going to get me beyond my ankles in the ocean. You can get in a pool unless you've recently watched that episode of Are You Afraid in the Dark with fucking invisible guys. That's like, true. No school pools. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, especially like hidden ones. That's just no hidden pools. You're 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 aiming for trouble at that point. Like I had not. So I, I think it was like my early 20s. 
and I hadn't really tried to get in like a lake or anything in like years and years. So I knew I was terrified of him. But like my friends were like, let's get a pontoon. We're going to rent a pontoon and we're going to like get on a lake. And I was like, sure. Sounds like lots of fun. And I'm like dating my husband at the time. And, you know, he comes with us. And like, I really thought I was fine until we like were driving the pontoon and we go like, stop it. You know, like, yeah, we're going to hang out here. And then everyone jumps in and I'm like, oh God, no. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, no, this has not gone away. This is exactly as bad as it was when I was a kid. Yeah, it was a bad, it was not a good day. I got really, really drunk, really drunk because I was terrified on port wine. <laughs> I'm trying to think oh. there's a worse thing to drink in the heat, like in the middle of the lake. I'm having trouble thinking of what it would be. <laughs> Vermouth, maybe? I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. But it was, yeah. No, it's, it it is still definitely like a thing, yeah. That phobia. So definitely, if we were in a situation and like, oh, the waters are rising, I'd be like, ooh, hard pass. Yeah, then this is it. Yeah, I'm just gonna stay here. I know my limitations. Why even bother? I don't want to be eaten by whatever's there. I want to be dragged down by a corpse, which is obviously what's gonna happen. I forgot what we were even talking about with Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Get up your notes. Yeah. What what else is in your notes? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I have a note here about. It did think it was odd. So, like, the first dog murder, I don't think we do see the dog. They, like, go, go to the house, the old Myers house, and they see, like, a dead dog, but you don't see it on the camera. And they're like, oh, man, what could have done this? And the sheriff goes, could have been a skunk. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of skunks do y'all have in Haddonfield that they're, they're out, like, murdering dogs? But was it that or was did he, did he think that – I took it as he thought the corpse might have been a skunk, which was equally a, as equally a ridiculous claim. It seemed like to me that they were talking about the cause of death. Okay. So, I, took it, I was like, what is, I thought maybe they were saying that the car, the carcass they were looking at might be a skunk. Not that that would make it any better, I guess. So maybe it was your thing, but either way, it's not, it, it's a pretty ridiculous thing. <laughs> I'm picturing like some super like muscular skunks, like some really beefed up ones, you know, and they just like run around the neighborhood, like terrorizing dogs, like a badger. I've read the Redwall series, so I could, I could buy a badger doing that but a skunk seems i don't know i haven't i haven't faced that issue but i do I, my dog is a pit bull so maybe it's just not as much of an issue for her oh yeah at least you know your dog is safe if any skunk approached you'd be like what the fuck is this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do have those Done. really strong jaws which i appreciate what pit bulls or skunks? yeah oh yeah pit bulls no i've never been bitten by a skunk i don't they look like such tiny jaws i just can't see them really doing much but i also feel like if it was a skunk corpse they would probably smell it so yeah, it probably I mean, it's probably your thing i don't know either way it's a weird line like I, I almost want to start keeping track of like the ridiculous excuses people make like in horror movies you know for just like what whatever ridiculous thing to it try is, and explain like, away things yeah yeah i was reading a really like well received you know fairly good like horror book by a, by an author i really like but as soon as the guy said it was the wind and literally kept trying to convince him like and i it across the room because it's like nope 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 yeah. as soon as you it's say it's, the house. Wind, we're done. it's bound to make creaky noises that sound like a human voice what and you know and pull small children into closets and murder dogs that's, yeah, what, that's house. what houses do that's Settle what up. happens when you get a fixer-upper <laughs> you're bound to lose a few pets and children we have to board up some of the windows you know sometimes you know it looks like your kid's getting grabbed did you notice, so it was such an interesting juxtaposition because I feel like 
so much of this was done like significantly better than a lot of slashers I've seen, even more recent ones. Like, so particularly when you consider the time frame and the effects and stuff. But one thing that I did think was a little bit, I don't know, pulled me out of it a little bit was that other than Laurie, no one reacts very much to being attacked and or stabbed. It's like, so like even in the beginning with his sister, like, I don't even know if she screams. Like she's getting like knife blows to the chest and everywhere else, like clearly enough to die. And she's just kind of like, I don't remember any screaming. I don't think anybody does except for Laurie. And, and that was kind of what made her performance stand out so much too, is because she not only like reacted, I felt like she did a really realistic job of reacting except for all the times she kept dropping the knife. She does drop the knife an awful lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it is also not hard to see why Jamie Lee Curtis kind of got the Scream Queen crown after this. Like, damn. Yeah, she did. And plus, she's just, I don't know, she's got such a a classic profile. You know, I thought thought she was great in this. Yeah. And it helps that they took time to develop that character. So at the end, throughout all of that, you root for her and you want her to get through it because it wasn't just up until that point you know oh well this is the bookish character and that's all you need to know about her (laughs) because it does avoid a lot like it keeps its central cast pretty small because it's not about let's put 15 people in the location and kill off 14 of them it's like no here's kind of our four so we have time to get to know them and develop them and it's not going to be you know jump gore kill and like you said no issue with any of that there's definitely a place for that but i think what this is doing works it gets kind of it's almost weird that it's kind of considered the granddaddy of slasher movies because it does a lot of things very differently but and so and this is i I have no idea on time frames and you know uh derivative and all that kind of thing when this is when when you say it's considered the granddaddy of it is that a uh chronological thing was it like one of the first yes i mean it depends i know there's arguments to be made i don't have those arguments but i know people have presented the arguments that there are movies before this that could be pointed to as like well this came first and it has a lot of but i feel like Personally, Halloween is the one that, you know, most people remember and kind of put it at the forefront and said, hey, this is a respectable subgenre, damn it. And then we got Friday the 13th a couple years later, and then Friday the 13th opened the floodgates even more. That that makes sense. And and especially in in terms of like, you know, how the genre kind of um, uh, developed after that, because, and then again, this feels like an old lady complaint, you know, like in my day, but but a lot of things like, I mean, for example, like, so Criminal Minds was something I used to watch and really loved. I thought that was a great show. But past a certain point, you've got a, a minimum of one murder an episode. And so you have to just keep topping that, right? Like, it's like, oh, man, this is even more sadistic. And I feel like that's where a lot of slashers kind of lose my interest is it's like it just becomes murder porn. And yes, I mean, it's almost in the title. It is in the title. Slasher. You're expecting that. But I feel like it's so much more effective when you have a smaller cast and you give a shit about what happens to them. You know, because it's like with Laurie, it's not just all the buildup of the other stuff that happens to her during the day. And you can see what kind of person she is like when you it's like there's this relief when you realize that both of the kids are in her care instead of with Annie. 
Because, like, if Lindsay had been with Annie, she'd have been dead. Oh, you know, yes. Annie, Annie would have just also would have done something massively stupid and or like thrown the kid in front of her. Whereas Laurie, who's not, you know, she's not their parent, but she feels responsible for them. So she basically puts herself between them and, and the slasher. I don't know. And, and it just makes you, I don't know, it makes her, makes you root for her even more. Agreed. And it's tough to do too the smaller cast thing because I've seen slashers that try that same approach. Like I, you know, I love the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and those are just about let's get a dozen unlikable people in a room and kill them all off. <laughs> Great, but people, you know, it's tough to do the smaller one because then you just kind of run the risk of it getting kind of boring. It's like if you don't have interesting characters, there's four people not doing much. This is kind of slow. So they do, this one does a very good job of keeping it small, but actually giving you, you know, characters. Yeah. And, and in the meantime, I mean, stuff is happening with Loomis, you know, that, and, and you see Michael kind of skulking around. So, you know, it's about to get bad, you know, yeah. it's, you, it's setting it up for that. Yeah. It's a movie that moves with even taking out the, you know, the first kill doesn't happen for a while. Like the movie is still constantly moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, you know, as a side note, as a as a as a basic white girl who loves pumpkin spice, like the the it had the grace like the the greatest like autumn you know and and Halloween feel to it with the like the blowing leaves and the kids running around and and doing you know the trick or treating. It's like I don't know. That is the kind of movie that I really enjoy watching because it's like it's a horror. It's got all this other stuff coming up, but it's it really just puts you in that seasonal kind of mood. Yeah. Oh, movies that take place on Halloween or like the horror movies that take place. That should be just their own little subgenre of things. You know, like, I agree with that because I would I'd love to just like pull up Shutter and be like movies that take place on Halloween. Yeah, because sometimes it's a nice little surprise where oh, I didn't actually realize this movie was going to take place on Halloween. Like you got your obvious ones like Halloween and trick or treat and our upcoming project, October 31st, but <laughs> some is kind of a nice little surprise. And yeah, it, ca- it does capture it. Like even the lesser sequels, they do a really good job of capturing Halloween on, you know, like a small little suburban area. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, I, it, I feel like, I don't know how, how things go where you are, but like, for the for like a long time, I feel like we didn't get any trick or treaters. Like that part of Halloween was like falling out, but I, it seems like the last couple of years it really has started to pick up again. Which I agree. We used to live in an apartment, so we didn't get anyone. But what we would do is we would just kind of Halloween night take a walk around, look at decorations, and just you know do our little Halloween walk. And the depressing thing was always noting we aren't seeing a lot of trick or treaters. Like this almost just feels like. A walk on any night of the year yeah but obviously not you know last year but the year before yeah it, it was it felt more like halloween like we actually went had to refill the bowl of candy which had never happened to us so and we actually last year even with pandemic stuff most of the people in my neighborhood put out tables mm. with like you know the the candy like spread out to where people weren't going to be touching too much of anything and like I don't know. Our, our table got pretty well cleared out and, and a lot of neighbors had kind of the same thing going on. So there was more like, it was, it was pretty festive and it was very, I don't know, people were excited and maybe it was just because we were like, look, some other people out of their house. Humans. Wave at them from 20 <laughs> feet away. Woo-hoo! 
we weren't allowed <laughs> to, to trick or treat. <laughs> so when one lone trick or treater showed up, we were like, what the fuck do we do? Here's a can of Campbell's soup. Well, we had, we, <laughs> there was nothing more 2020 than when we were pulling out a pair of tongs that we were like, I guess we'll use these in case anyone shows up and this is how we'll give them the candy. So we lay a bag of, ba- a bowl of candy out with some tongs on top and went, fuck this year. <laughs> what else is in your notes? Okay. If anything. I feel like I've hit a lot of this, but like, okay. Yeah, because yeah, I've been to know like here I've about most this. of what I would want to hit on, so. About the fade in with him. Oh, yeah. The the headstone. When, um, what's her face? Linda gets killed and Lori finds her body and the headstone's over it. That was excellent because it also, like, it was creepy enough and it was good enough plot point that it, you know, they went to the graveyard and it showed the headstone missing. That would have been fine in and of itself, but for him to use it in that fashion, have it in the bed over, I guess it was Annie's body, actually. That was super effective. I loved that. And it's a while, too, between the gravestone is missing and that payoff. Just long enough that you've kind of forgotten that that's a thing. And then, oh, shit. Yeah, that's a great image, too, her on the bed with the the headstone above her during the, the, the best part of any slasher movie when the killer has meticulously placed bodies everywhere. <laughs> the Linda in the little, like, cupboard. She, you know, you've got Tom, like, swinging. You and know, again, like that's you... the stuff I wish we, that's, maybe, it, I'm trying to think, there's a movie called, like, The Rise of Leslie Vernon or something, like, Behind the Mask, and it's about a slasher kind of going through his routine, and I'm trying to remember if it covers some of that stuff. But that's the movie I want to see is the scene where the killer, like you know, the final girl is off doing something and he's just taking the bodies around the house and going, I'm going to put this one here. Mm. Okay, so if she runs left, she's not going to see this one. Mm. Like, of course, like everything else, it's like, you know, the body falls and he has to like rig up some kind of a pulley system. He's like, shit, this guy's heavy. You know, just yeah, all... exactly. I'm trying to picture too, like again with like this picture of the off-screen stuff. Like, where was the headstone this whole time? Did he like truck it over there? Like, was it in the trunk? Yeah, and I like say he, trunk. And but but then does he like? Did he like you know like pull it out and look around and kind of like tuck it up against the side of the house? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm not gonna have time to get back to the car, you know. Just carrying it under a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> it's Halloween, of course. I have a headstone. Yeah. Decorations. <laughs> Taking it to my house, getting ready to set it up for all the trick-or-treaters. So there's one of the Friday the 13th that I respect where during the whole bodies are, you know, showing up and Jason just throws one through a window. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> he just ran out of hiding places. He was just like... The, well, because, yeah, I feel... I, I don't know. I would. I think I'd like to see a movie with, like, a really, like, tired slasher. Maybe it's because that's just what I relate to anymore. It's like, <laughs> I feel like, like, all my characters that are right are like, they're just tired. And they're just like, oh, man. Oh, no. I don't shit. know if I'm up for the whole body thing. I might just <laughs> put them on a big stack in the bedroom. You know, that's I was killing so people. creepy, right? If she just finds a big stack. <laughs> I was doing this for peace, okay? I wanted less people around. I wanted silence. So I'm not going to go to a whole lot of effort. You guys expect so much out of me. God, I, I'm just gonna use the knife for all of them. I just I'm not feeling creative. 
Sometimes I would like switch it up and use like a poker. You know what? I'm a working mom and I don't have time for this. I'm going to do some store-bought murders. <laughs> you guys are not going to get fresh baked. They're not going to be creative and I'm not going to make it myself. Like this is just how this works. You either get minimal effort or nothing at all. So Which... you got to choose. <laughs> Again, when you say these things to kids, like they're so ineffective. Like none of those ultimatums matter. Because they can hold out longer than we can. I should just show them Halloween and be like, this is what happens to kids who don't listen. <laughs> yeah. And they would definitely never sleep. And neither would you. That's true. That's the exact opposite goal. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty much like everything that I've kind of made a note about. But it, but it was like, I don't know. I feel like this was like really, really... Uh, it was, it was much, I liked it much better than I expected. Oh, I do have a note. And I've thought this a number of times whenever I watch like movies like this, there's so much rolling around during sex that I just, I, you know, it's like when Linda and Tom and they're just like, they just keep rolling and rolling across the bed. Giggling. Yeah. I just, maybe it's a teenage thing. And I've just, I don't know. I I clearly just didn't fuck with my friends enough. Um, I was not a, I was not a, a good babysitter in the sense that I called my boyfriend all the time and, you know, crawled half naked through windows. I don't know. I just feel like I probably had a deficient teenagerhood. It's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I missed any of those, any of those instances. Didn't seem like most of the people in this movie had a terrific time. So I think you're okay. I- I think they were having fun, like right up until the end. I do. I am not sure what Annie spilled all over herself that required her to strip down, Just completely strip nude in the middle of the kitchen. Yeah, and put on like the. I guess it must have been like the dad's like white, you know, button-up shirt. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. I just feel like you know, as the as the as the mom coming home to that, I'd be like, really weird choice. What's What's this about, Richard? <laughs> Poor Richard. I was with you. <laughs> Why are you wearing your shirt? Because she understands me. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you liked it. It's, yeah. it's you, you never know with like, yeah, it's Halloween. It's a big, but because it's Halloween and it's kind of a big deal, you never know if that's going to, if you're going to go in and be like, okay, I mean, it's good, but uh, I don't know if it's quite worthy of being the thing that it is. It feels like it is, though. It feels iconic. And and even if, because I definitely experienced that thing with, like, you know, if you didn't watch it in the time, you know, that you don't maybe have as much of an affection for it. My husband and I both, like, have favorite movies from the 80s, but when we, like, try to, like, trade and show them to each other, like, there's, like, no interest. And so I think a lot of that has to do with nostalgia. Plus, he just doesn't like Ghostbusters, which I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that either. He doesn't hate it, but he doesn't love it like I do. I I don't know. It's odd. But but again, I don't think he watched that stuff much when he was a kid. It's more in a Planet of the Apes. Mm. Yeah, and that's kind of the whole foundation of we thought we were more in trouble when we first started doing this thing. And we realized, like, wait, is everything just going to be? Yeah, if you didn't grow up with it, I guess it's not great, but Thankfully, we've proven ourselves wrong enough that that is not the case. Otherwise, we would have stopped doing this a long time ago. The lesson was just, if you didn't watch it when you were young, it's not good. But yeah, I, I think, what, 30, 
30, 40? I have to do math. It came out in 78. What are we now? 43 years? That's the math there, right? I think, so. yeah, yeah. Because I was born in 82 and I'm 39. So that makes sense. Okay. But now I also feel like I need to confirm it did come out in 78. Because I've said that multiple times and there could be people absolutely losing it at me. Oh, yeah, because maybe it was... Pretty positive at 78. I was trying to remember when, like, the 15-year prior... 78. 78, okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, 43 years later, I don't think this movie's lost a step. I don't either. I mean, you can... Because, again, like, you can... But, you know, there really aren't that many effects anyway. So it's not like there's anything much to age on that. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I I think that that's... I don't know. I I think that's a little bit heartening as far as, like you know, considering whether, whether our current favorites are going to hold up, it's like, well, I don't know how much do they def- depend on like bizarre effects and how much do they depend on building the characters and building, you know, the scenes and doing the right shots and everything. So yeah, no, that's, this is actually one that probably I'll add to like my yearly repertoire. Like it feels just kind of, you know, I don't want to say cozy, but, but very seasonal. Kind of, I mean, I get what, yeah, exactly. I get what you mean by cozy because it does have that, you know, it's a fairly contained, you know, you're in this nice little suburban neighborhood on Halloween. Sure, a few people get murdered, but but they're not me. It looks, yeah, they're not you. It looks ideal and nice. The other people who weren't involved probably had a great night. Looks like it. I yeah, mean, those so, kids were running and screaming in their costumes. It looked fantastic. Yeah, so I, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, it's a it's a low budget movie that doesn't for a second feel like a low budget movie, as many do, where you can just tell like, oh, they had nothing to work with here. Like, they clearly cared. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, John Carpenter directed right. and did the music and like, is he, was he involved with any of the following ones? Uh, I'm trying to think what his involvement. He definitely produces the newest ones. I'm trying to think if he directed the second one. He's not involved pretty fast after that. I don't think he did direct the second one. I'm trying to look it up. He did not. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes that makes sense. That he makes nailed sense. it in one. Mm-hmm. Might, might as well just slow motion walk away at that point. <laughs> oh, he wrote Halloween too. Ooh. Okay. So yeah, he wrote the first one. He wrote the second. And then I think think after that it's mostly going to be like character you know char- based on characters created by that kind of thing oh i'm, I'm and, just looking at this uh this like cover for the for the, i guess the rob zombie halloween too that's a choice that's a choice the, is that the one where he's stabbing the pumpkin he's got his arm up stabbing something but he looks like somebody from slipknot Oh, yeah. So Rob Zombie decided to go this route about what if Michael Myers was just a six foot six monster looking man who can slam people around and smash their faces open. Yeah. And see, I feel like part of what was so effective about the Michael Myers character in this one was like that it's not necessarily that he was relatable, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like they really committed to like that, who he would be having been obviously a screwed up child who didn't know better than to do what he did and then locked away from society. So like some of the stuff, like him watching the kids, you know, when they're torturing Tommy and the way he like grabs that one kid, I was like, yeah, it's kind of like having the cool uncle who's like, did you just mess with my nephew? Yeah. 
He's not really cool. that cool though, because then he tries to kill you later. But yeah, but I mean, at that one moment, thanks, Uncle Michael. I'm looking at some of these covers, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, did the mask age? Why is the mask wrinkly now? I mean, so for the Rob Zombie Halloween, if everything we just said here today, if you think, if you look back at that and go, I want to see the same stuff but shittier. <laughs> that's the Rob Zombie Halloween. Like what? All is, right. You know, like oh, I really liked Jamie Lee Curtis's take on Laurie, but I wonder what it would be like if I really just really hated that character. I want to see that <laughs> version of the movie. Then that play, movie is exists. She played by Paris Hilton. This no, point. it's not. God, I don't know. Paris Hilton might have been a little more likable, but it's not even. It's not the actor's fault. Just that he writes that character in that movie. Like everyone in it's just a Rob Zombie movie, so it's an entire movie. People being like, "You fucking bitch, fuck you." It's like okay, okay. Cool. Well, yeah, nope. no, I'm, I'm glad you suggested that because, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to go watch. That. <laughs> yeah. In terms of like, honestly, you watch you can probably watch Halloween two and then three is great. For its own insane reasons, Michael Myers is not in that movie, but oof, the things that are. <laughs> and then you can probably just skip straight to H2O and then bail, I think. Yeah. Go back and watch the thing. You yeah, know, exactly. Then just like, like completely veer off. Go and watch more '80s John Carpenter movies because, god damn it, <laughs> like having his filmography in front of me—you've—that's what—that's exactly what I've been what doing. Amazing run that guy had. Like, oh my god. That's the thing. Like, I got like I was looking at those, and then I'm sorry, I got completely distracted because I was like, oh man, that looks good too. Like, that skipping, was awesome. Skipping past his TV movies, which actually both of them are pretty solid. Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, Christine, Starman, Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, and They Live. That was his 80s. That's fucking crazy. That's intense. And I love The Fog. The Fog might be my... It's up there with Poltergeist. It's up there with Poltergeist. But I I have just wanted to... I love seeing somebody do that. Like, water's creepy as fuck. You know, like, sunken ships are horrifying. And they're going to come back and, like, find you. And you're screwed. And there's, like, water. I don't know. Yes, it's fantastic. Did you see the remake of The Fog? I did. And I was, was disappointed. Did I already... I mean, I think you I think you listened. Did I already tell my Tom Welling story on this podcast? Because uh, he was in that remake? I don't think so. I uh, just in case. Uh, and then we'll, we'll wind things down here. Um, so Tom Welling... Superman from Smallville, who was the star of the Fog remake, was at uh, our Comic Con a few years ago. Oh, nice. And when I went, to, I went to meet him because I like Smallville. And uh, they have the little sign that says, "Let's you know, Tom Welling. You may know him from Smallville, Lucifer, blah, 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 and the Fog." And when I went up to meet him, I was like, "You know, I'm a little surprised to see the Fog on your on your <laughs> list." And he looks at like the guy who's working with him. He's like. That's because this fucking guy knows I hate that movie and he puts it on there to bug me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I figured it was there because you're like, oh, the fog. He's like, oh, God, no. He's like, you know what? The original script, he's, it's, it was so good. That's what I signed on to do because it had all of this. I forget exactly what he was saying. But he's like, you know, it had a lot more backstory and it was all this, you know, the spiritual stuff and like basically a lot more to the, the script. And he's like, and then I get there and all that's gone. And, you know, what are you left with? And I'm like, Ghost pirates? Like, exactly. Fucking ghost pirates. (laughs) 
So it was my amazing little story that I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I found out that Tom Welling absolutely hates the Fog remake. He's right makes- to, but I was amazed how quickly he was just ready to be like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I was like, is he mad at me? Because I even acknowledged that that movie exists. But no, I, was, was- w- I was wondering where that was going to go, whether it was like maybe his like pet project, like favorite. And he was like, man, everyone trashes it. But no, it's no. good to bond over that. The opposite moment, I met Billy Boyd who does the voice of Chucky's son in Seed of Chucky, but he's also in Lord of the Rings. So obviously everyone gets him to do Lord of the Rings. And when I went up, I get, got a Seed of Chucky picture and he was so happy. He's like, you know, no one else has asked me to sign one of these. It's too bad. It is too bad, Billy Boyd. <laughs> I get you know, it. I feel like you made both of their day. Like, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think that Billy Boyd went home and told whoever... You know, someone finally got a seat of Chucky picture signed. <laughs> I do. Tom, Tom went off and said, someone else hates the fog <laughs> as much as me. And I got to talk about it. It was great. I told you that movie was fucking garbage. <laughs> well, yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Everyone approves. All two, all two of us approved. All two approved. John Carpenter can rest easy tonight. <laughs> He's been waiting for the result of this. I, he knows if someone out there doesn't like it, so he does. Oof. It's like Santa, uh, but weirder. <laughs> 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 What's something you're currently enjoying? Something I'm currently enjoying. Yeah, that's what we do around here. You should have been. You should be prepared by now. Oh, I know. Oh, I, you know what? I probably didn't make you do it on the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, but now I'm gonna. Once you get a solo outing, you got to do it. Oh, okay. Well, um, it's like we're talking about like books, movies, TV, any of the above? Yeah, any of it. Something, okay. I, th- I, I always say the original purpose, I think, was to create future nostalgia we may look back on. Uh, now I think it's just a, a chance for us to kind of promote and say like, you know, hey, there's people, here's something you should go check out. And it works, it seems. People definitely come back and say, oh, yeah. You know, hey, you, the, I watched the movie that Sam said I should watch and I hated it. <laughs> and that's the reaction you're looking for is someone hating the movie that Sam wants yep. this whole podcast is about spreading misery it turns <laughs> out um well like so the the movie that I've been trying to make everyone watch recently is Lucky it's on Shudder um, Lucky? yeah uh, it is heard of that. oh man it's it is but I always feel like I should prepare people because like, if you go into it expecting like a standard horror movie, you're going to be like, what the fuck just happened to me? Um, but it's, it, it has so much to do with like just the reality that women exist in and why that is basically horrific. And so I feel like I, from the reviews I've seen that men sometimes have a harder time like relating to it. Um, and I think that's because it's, it's weirdly hard, harder for some people to suspend the disbelief of what 50% of the population lives with than it is to be like, yep, vampires absolutely exist, you know, but, you know, and that's, sorry, that's, that seems like it's me like, and men suck. No, that's <laughs> not, that's not, that's not my point. It's more just that it's a movie that I wish everyone would watch, even if they hate it. I just, I think it's one that is, it's just interesting. It's well done. There's some really cool stuff done with it. Um, and then if you just want to enjoy stuff and not think about shit like that and uh, terrified on, um, I think also on Shutter, it's like an Argentinian 
like 2018 maybe that one's been on my list for such a long time now. oh seems. my <laughs> god like it's like the first like five minutes i'm like yeah solid okay good so oh my god <laughs> and then it just never stops so that's super good and then books um i i want to like just get a canon and shoot it out at everyone but everyone needs to read inheriting her ghosts by sh cooper yeah you you do if i haven't already said that on the show before and you know spoilers we're gonna get her on an episode Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. 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 You, Laurel. Yeah. You might be on that episode too. Oh, that's right. I forgot forgot that. Yes. I do remember (laughs) it now. And I'm all about that. Yeah. Everyone needs to read that. I am also currently reading um, uh, Daniel Barnett's um, Nightmare Land series, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, It is so, so good. And I just started um, Catherine McCarthy's Immortal, which is, which is also really good. All right. I'm going to stop now. I think I only have one thing because a lot of what I'm doing is still like video games that I've been talking about and my reading's taken a bit of a hit lately, but I'm going to throw out a, a shout out for a movie called The Night House. The Night starring, House. Starring Rebecca Hall. Uh, it, played, it opened in theaters in August, made like barely any money. And now that I've seen it, it makes it especially tragic because it deserved more because it kind of opened in theaters with no fanfare no advertising or marketing that i really saw i got really good reviews and then was just gone after two weeks maybe i think our theater had it down to one late show after the first week but um i guess what's the easiest way to summarize it without giving away too much is it, so, is it streaming right now uh probably not yet it just got it on digital but like you know for a few bucks i'm sure you can you can rent it. So uh, Rebecca Hall, who's so good in the movie, like it's essentially for long stretches, just like the Rebecca Hall show. She is a a widower who just lost her husband to suicide. And he had, you know, there was no lead up, no reason why that she can see that it happened. And so she is still in the house they were in when this happened. And things start to go down. Um, perhaps that's all I will say, because most of what I just said, you learn in the first five to 10 minutes of the movie. I am not, because this movie goes some places, so I'm not going to say anything about it. I will say, I will give it credit because it does something that we talked about earlier, where it does go pretty heavy on jump scares, but only because actual shit, scary shit is making you jump. It has... Two particular jump scares, and I was watching with headphones that got me real, real good. Like the good old, like, have you seen Insidious? Yes. Oh, so, you know, the yeah. Jump like scare when they, where all of a sudden it cuts over and there's that thing behind them. Yeah. This does a good job of like establishing there are no safe times. In this oh, movie. I like that. There's That's always, good. so there was one in particular that got me real good. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I was kind of blow. I just kind of casually put it on, like I don't know if this is good, and like, goddamn, this goes live on Halloween. So if you're looking for some spooky watches tonight, or even if you're listening to this November first, horror doesn't stop after Halloween. You can keep going. So Halloween twenty four seven, twenty four seven. What are you gonna watch? Dramas? I know comedies. You can watch some comedies. Only in between, like as a palate cleanser. Like, we can't watch Christmas movies just yet, so you might as well watch a little bit more horror. Yeah, for the Thanksgiving lead-up. Yeah, after Remembrance Day, you're okay to watch 
Christmas movies. Yeah, I don't I'll know when, when the hell is Remembrance Day? Is that a Canadian thing? Oh, I guess it would be, yeah. <laughs> Fine, and you can watch them whenever you want. Well, I mean, you must have just... what? You got, you got what, Memorial? No, Memorial Day is in... What do you have down there? You must have something. We have Memorial Day in May, and we have Veterans Day in November. Oh, okay, is that maybe the... Oh, okay, I didn't think about that. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah, so Veterans... We're okay. so America-centric, though. Veterans Day is yours. Okay, gotcha. Oh, my God. Like, is that in, like, another country? (laughs) Why would I be expected to know about any culture other than my own? No. I accidentally do that stuff, and I'm like, God, I'm so American. Enjoy not having coffee crisps, America. That does seem sad to me. I want to. It is. You should be sad. Yeah. Next time we record, I'm going to eat one in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll, like, be sitting there sadly with my two Reese's cups, like, finishing the last one and be like, God, if only there were just one more. Just a third, and I'd be so satisfied. Four's too many. I can't buy two packs. Yeah, we nailed it on those, so. Three is just enough. Well, thank you, Laurel, for joining me here tonight on a Friday for a mostly Halloween discussion, but hey, I love me the tangent episodes where we just get to chat, so. That's good, because I don't seem to be capable of doing anything else. Sorry about that. (laughs) No, that's what I want. This show is large, like a long time ago just became a chance to like, let's hang out and sometimes talk about movies. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank uh, you for having me on again. This was awesome. Yeah, of course. As mentioned at the top, and I'll throw the links in the show notes too, like get on Amazon, buy them, buy Crossroads, buy Whispers in the Dark, buy the the other one I said, the We Are Wolves. And I, I will oh, yeah. provide an update Um or maybe we can even time the next episode around the time that uh, the dead inside, that's the name, right? Sorry. The dead inside. Yep. yep. The dead inside. Yeah. is getting ready to come out so people can get their pre-orders in for that. But uh, yeah, like I said, I five stars before Laura and I ever chatted. So I'm not lying Buy those books. And, and I will just use that money to go buy other books. So really we're perpetuating a fabulous cycle. Yeah, exactly. What's the most innocent thing that she could be using your money for. So Oh, and we almost made it to the end without one more free. Damn it. 